Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Service Monster Podcast. I'm your host today, Joe Kowalski, and we have a special guest with us, Michelle from Pink Collars, and we'll be uh, diving into that. And then after that, we'll do some stuff on Service Monster, a couple smug posts, Notre Joe. We've got a new release for you on mobile, and then uh, news, of course, on the symposium. So we welcome today, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy to be here, guys. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, Adam, you've got the playbook, so what are we talking about today? Well, I'm going to pull out the old Tampa 2 here. Uh, I'm going to go old school. <laughs> so, yeah, like we've wanted to have Michelle on for a while. We, we love pink collars. I was actually one of the, the onboarding trainers who trained some of your staff um, way back in the day. But uh, kind of want to just go over what you guys do and why that's so useful. So let's kind of start there. What is pink okay. collars? Pink collars. Pink collars is a really cool concept and what our mission is is to provide work at home opportunities for parents caregivers and at-home professionals to serve home service businesses and we do that all remotely and we take a total deep dive into the crms that we support service monster is one of our very favorites and we really supply and provide awesome and customized customer service for your business um, it's really cool because we're different than an answering service. We're one individual that works on your account day in and day out. And we love that part. Yeah. And, and you guys, I mean, it's no secret for the people who've been following us for quite a while. We had a program called Super Agents, which was a call center. And we were more than a call center. We were your back office. And, and I don't mean to be bringing up sad memories for some of our clients who <laughs> we shut that process out, Jared. I'm sorry, Jared. I love you, Jared. Um, <laughs> same, same thing with James. Sorry, James. Um, but, and, and they loved it. We had some problems though, and I couldn't wrap my head around what would be generally required. And I wasn't ready to go virtual and it was a distraction for us over our core product. So it was basically something people asked us to do, which we did. We did well, we charged well. Um, but at the end of the day, it wasn't really, really tenable and it didn't match our North Star. I had way too many resources mobiling in the wrong direction. The biggest problem, of course, these guys need their phones answered. They're usually not doing it themselves. Um, and, and you know, when they're on the job specifically, those single owner operators, a, a call center service is generally on the playbook a good idea when you're in Hell's Valley. So if you've got single owner operator doing everything yourself and that's what you want your life to be and that's what you plan for and that's what you set your money aside for and you break a hip and then you're okay and cool and everything's fine and your customers are happy and you don't lose any business. That's the model you want to go for. You need to do all those things. But if that's the one you want to go for, awesome. But if you want to grow, man, the second employee, maybe not so bad, but still depending if you put them in the office and you're out in the field, are they smoking dope at home? Like what's going on? You don't know. <clears throat> and so then what technician? Okay, fine. Billable hours. That makes a lot of sense. But then you're going to have to transition to the office person later and it inhibits your growth. And then when you go from two to three employees, now you got a real headache and the ownership proposition between three employees and like eight employees sucks. It's, it's worse Harsh. than the single <laughs> owner operator, right? Yeah. And is. so what we see is a lot of people wanting to get through this and needing a good call center, but call centers kind of do the, you know, they don't want to charge enough to do the right thing. And all the clients demand is the right thing. 
<laughs> so there's a dichotomy there that's a problem. How has pink collars solved that dichotomy? Well, that's very interesting because pricing has been obviously one of the biggest hurdles that we get over when we are trying to talk to a potential customer. And what I tell them is, here's what Pink Collars provides. Pink Collars provides a team-based approach, meaning you have a team lead, an A player, right? The person that's on and that takes care of all the people on his or her team below them. And then you get a person on that team to answer your phones every day. If Sally is your day-to-day -day person, let's just use her, and Terry is the team lead, if Sally's sick, Terry takes over. Terry's got that empirical knowledge of your business. She's onboarded your company. She's gotten all your tools in place. She understands your team. She understands your service model. And so she really is the, the breath of the service that we provide. And then she then outsources to that next person down, the Sally, to do the day-to-day -day operations of your company answering the phone. And those two people combined cost money. They just do. But if I just outsourced a thousand Sally's and didn't have an infrastructure, a management play, a, 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 a spine on which to grow everything, it would, it would just fall apart, um, especially because we're remotely located. Um, and I don't know about you, but I built a business because I didn't want to go anywhere. I wanted to be able to be home. <laughs> you know, the thought of getting into a car and putting gas in a car and driving somewhere really was unattractive to me. And so my husband and I really wanted to build something that really worked with our family and with our lifestyle. And that's what we provide for our team members, too. They get to stay at home all day. So it really does work well for other people. And we find that that's kind of the magic sauce, you know, letting people be at home, having them be accountable to a manager. And then that's, that's really what sets us apart. So you did a couple of things there I want to touch on the first of which is a concept that I was pushing toward called pods, right? You have small group of teams that handle small, a number of service providers because the typical model, the call center model doesn't work because you need to be able to provide back office services in addition to just answering the phone. And when you do that and then you start to scale it, you lose control. I watched, I don't know how many call centers, I think it was four call centers in the last 16 years, not including service agents. We use that knowledge to make it successful. I shut down a profitable program because it was a distraction. Now, for, for them, they always started falling apart about 50. As soon as they get 51, 52 service providers are trying to answer for, shit goes sideways. Like it doesn't, you know, people start losing it. So you, so the concept for us, same as you, and which costs money is setting up specialized pods, small groups of people who handle a small number of service providers. They have one point of contact and then a couple people with generalized knowledge. So it doesn't go to somebody in the ether who doesn't know anything about the business. And so um, that's, that's excellent. I, I, I think the right model, you know, truth will out. <laughs> and the right model shows up um, and, and it succeeds. So that's good. The other thing you did on the business side, you your thesis and mine was similar. Rule number one and number two for me was no travel for the business. But mine meant something different because I lived in Sacramento and flew to Denver as my weekly job for a year and a half. Wow. Yeah. And so uh, when I started Service Monster in the Summerfield Suites Hotel in Denver for the you know, I don't know how many a month having weekends with the family. I was like, I'm done. I'm done making money for other people. 
I'm done for flying around now. We still, I still, you know, uh, trade shows or I get asked to speak or whatever pre COVID, but, um, a couple times a year is a whole different story, but I didn't mind driving around. So that was different. And then uh, an introspection note is you saw, um, the benefit of remote way before I did. And I'm a tech guru <laughs> and I was, I was dragging my feet on it and, and, and then COVID forced us into it. It was like within a week, I was like, Oh, I'm such an idiot. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, it's painful to do it this late in the game. Well, I will yeah. tell you, our first business uh, was also remotely located um, admin support, and it's actually been folded into pink collars. But I did remote before the cloud was even out. Yeah, I used to tough. have team members drive to Starbucks to sync databases between the <laughs> provider, right, in the Starbucks oh, parking ugly. lot. Yeah. And my my team member in their home. So this was how crazy it was. We used to sync the database daily at a certain time and day. It was it was yeah. insane. We ran into a so. couple of you actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I have we have a client actually who who also did a call center for a while, and they were pretty successful. And they were using it was so old because they did it way a long time ago um, that they were shipping database files back and oh. forth nightly. Pain, pain, <laughs> such pain. No, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, very good. Um, you yeah, know, so that's impressive. It's, it's because of the people, right? And getting those people in place. So talk to me about your culture. What? How can these guys leverage your knowledge to build the culture in their businesses? Well, I think we've done a couple really cool things. We have been really strategic about selecting people in our management team that have shown from boots on the ground knowledge that they can grow. And so we only bring people from within. We don't hire from outside. We don't bring managers. We bring consultants in, sure. You know, higher level people that help Doug and myself. But we want to promote from within. So that's number one. I love that model. I think it's really important. Um, we also participate in a great platform called QDS, which is Quality Driven Software. And we send out quality driven you know, software requests to our clients every two weeks. And we give a pay for performance. You'll see the little wheel behind me. Um, we spin the wheel every month at our, at our company meetings and people that have all their reviews back, people that have perfect attendance, people that have incredibly good call answer rates um, and response rates in Slack and all of the other metrics that we use in KPIs, they get a chance to spin the wheel and we give away money and gift cards and all kinds of stuff. And that just keeps people engaged. Um, they're doing a really hard job. I mean, being on the phones and being a customer service representative is not an easy task. And I think that's the other thing that I try to tell people is we have people that are dynamic and fun and nurtured and cared for and loved. And that comes out in their voice. That comes out as the face of your company. And there's a value to that. We remember birthdays. I mean, we celebrated a one year anniversary today and a birthday today, and we go all out. I mean, it's gift cards and flowers and bonuses. And I mean, it's everything. We, we go bonkers. And that means a lot when 20 or 30 people are celebrating you rather than just one or two. I mean, that really does help nurture people. And so that's another thing that I think we bring is that sort of collaboration of all of our team really being behind the same mission. And that's really fun to bring to a business owner that may be out there just struggling and small. We have a ton of other just best practices that we can swipe from other business owners. You know, the plumber, the plumber has something 
that's, you know, in Florida in common with the guy that's washing windows in Colorado. They just don't know it. And I can connect the two of them and say, this is what this guy is doing and it's awesome. And they can just fast track their growth because we can keep people kind of in the ecosphere of learning um, about different services that they may not understand or see. So that's really fun too. Yeah. So I'm, I'm big on scale. It's kind of my yeah. whole gig. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> and um, what I enjoy the most out of it is as someone who's always learning, you'll never have the perspective on your own. Um, you, you have to gain mastery using your own perspective, but, but there's a whole like levels of levels above mastery that have to do with understanding other people's perspective, other people's point of view, other people's position, other people's that introspection, that sympathy, that empathy that's required in order to do that then opens up a whole other learning opportunity of depth and knowledge that you then get to connect dots to and say, Oh yeah. So now I can see common paths of success. Like there's many ways to get there, but if you want somebody handed you as a business owner, a map and said, look, I've cleared all the fog of war. You just go from one and you pick your next thing. And then you pick your next thing and you pick your next thing. What they don't realize people who build systems, that's what exactly what we're doing for you. Whether it's service monster and giving you a total business systems or it's pink collars and actually handling the process and standard operating procedures within your company. We're connecting systems together from a breadth of knowledge that have thousands of other people involved that will then start to give us insight that you'll never even know the questions to ask for. Yeah. There's a so. hundred dumpster fires in my rear view mirror, right? I mean, a hundred, <laughs> right. I've seen it all. Totally. I, I, I know it all. I've, I've lived through it. Don't do it. Adam's Let's just do it this way. Up. Come on. You know, yeah. um, <laughs> he and deals with of, a lot of the dumpster fires. So. <laughs> <laughs> one of the coolest things that I am so excited and I kicked it off yesterday. I am so fired up is I got a great idea from some super smart people out there and we're actually starting a professional development plan in a, in adjunct with our leadership development plan. And it's a book reading club that I'm asking people to participate in. They have to give me an hour of their time outside of the work week. And then 30 minutes during the work week, we're going to meet and talk about chapters or pages in the book and we're pulling people from different pods, like different teams. And it's going to be super fun just to spend time with people and just to do some thinking outside of just the day to day. And I think Question people on that. are hungry for that stuff. So yeah. I, I, totally. People need socialization. It's the whole reason why we're doing the symposium. Don't miss it. December 10th, 11th, and 12th. Um, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, book club. So just a quick question on this, because I've done this a handful of times, and then sure. I find out later that there are some people who not only don't like participating in certain things. Sure. They're offended that the environment was created where other people got to participate and somehow the company then makes it feel obligatory. How do you handle Ooh. now? I'm not even, this isn't even Joe CEO. This is Joe. Teach me what the hell, because I got, well, I've gotten yelled at this before. I've gotten people who've come really? back later and said, yeah, said, oh, you know, I, the environment where people are together, they have events or we do Halloween or we go bowling or whatever that, sure. oh, you know, it, it, it was people were made to feel like if you didn't participate, you weren't part of the team. So help me oh. there. Well, that's odd because I made it completely, you know, voluntary. 
first of all. So it's voluntary. You don't have to do it if you don't want to. Um, and it was interesting to see who participated and who didn't. And it's, I'm new to this, so I'm going to report back. How about if I report back and let you know how we do? Um, but I was just excited that I got, A, so many people that were interested. Um, and, and the people that I saw that were interested were like the people that I was hoping would be interested. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, yay. Like, I just can't wait to spend more time with some of these folks because, you know, when you run a big group, you end up only spending your time with like the top four or five people in your your, in your organization. And then you don't get to spend the day to day, you know, with the folks that are actually doing the business, you know. And so it's hard. You miss them. And I'm just excited to be able to see them once a week. So that's going to be fun for me. Total politician answer. You didn't answer the question. I'm help sorry. me. Help I'm me. Sorry. I want to help you. I will tell you that I'm digitizing the whole platform. So I've built out an entire Trello board sequence of all the books we're going to read broken down by chapter. And then I'm going to put an automation in Slack that's going to trigger how they feel about the chapter that we read, what was the main highlight, blah, 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 blah. And then I'm going to have my assistant compress all of that data the day before so that we spend our 30 minutes only talking about the common things that people pulled out of the book. So we'll really focus in on our time and I think it'll be very succinct. So I'm hoping that that system, you know, is helpful to keep us on track and not turn it into, you know, something that goes off into the weeds. Well, that makes sense. Happen. I'm totally sold on the book club. I'm yeah. totally sold. I think that it's a great idea. <laughs> I, I, I still though the people who aren't participating though, how are they made to not feel, feel yeah no. i mean i love them up all the time they have, oh, I, have I don't have an answer either i'll be you know, you know, I'm I'm trying, know. it's not like a gotcha question but no yeah but i i don't know is the answer but yeah. i think that creating a culture of learning is never a bad thing right not everybody's going to want to go out and go drinking or go bowling or go doing something and all of us have the opportunity to focus on something that will make us better as people. And that's really what's going to bring something even better to the company. And that's what I'm excited about. Yeah. And you've already said, too, you look specifically for people, especially if they want to move to that next tier, who are introspective, who've demonstrated yeah. their ability to think for themselves and grow to, for themselves. Yeah. So I get that. Adam, I'm yeah. sucking all the oxygen out of the room. You've got some <laughs> questions you want to ask this amazing I, I, individual. I I've had like four things that have come up, but you guys have just, you've had a great dialogue, so I didn't really want to interrupt. Um, yeah, exactly. I really, love, I really love the, man, look at, listen to that voice. You hear I that? I know. Oh, Silky my smooth. goodness. Oh, my. <laughs> it's Michael Madison. Um, <laughs> that so, mic's just a touch hot. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so I actually worked at a call center uh, another lifetime ago um, back in Colorado. It was a, Technical support for Cox Communications um, down in the San Diego area. Like they're like a Comcast or you know, internet provider for anyone who doesn't know. And it was horrific, right? Like the first two or three weeks, you, you come in, everyone's amped, like you're getting trained, like okay, I'm getting paid decent amount, like I like I get breaks. And then you know they put you in the seat, you've gone through training, and then all of a sudden the the metrics hit, you've got 45 seconds after each call, no matter what happened, you got to write up all this stuff and you got it. And it becomes this, this hectic environment. You're dealing with people who are stressed out. You're in a mass cubicle environment. So you're hearing all the other stress that, that's going on. And I really feel like the remote kind of path for this alleviates a lot of that. So have you, is that kind of what you're 
design was for this and kind of how have you managed, you know, for instance, um, those metrics, the, the analytics, KPIs, whatever, to keep them on track, so to speak? Sure. Well, I have a background in commercial construction and I used to actually build Cubicle City, right? I had hard hats and floor plans and I would see how many humans I could smash into how many square feet, right? Oh, it's this many square feet per bathroom and this many square feet per cubicle and like just how many could you squish? And I'm right outside of Washington, D.C., so you can only imagine the amount of squishing that I did for a living, right? So I was pretty allergic to that by the time I got laid off in 2008, 2009, when the economy changed, which is when I started my first business. So I was allergic to offices at, in general, just as a rule. Um, and I thought that we could provide something better for employees. And I just set out to actually just do the job that I needed um, in my life. I had a young daughter and I didn't want to sell leggings or candles or makeup or any of those other at-home gigs. I didn't want to do any of those. Essential oils. <laughs> Essential oils. I wasn't into any of it, right? And I was, I was, you know, used to being on a job site, yelling at people and holding floor plans. And I wanted to like build something. I still had that builder mentality in me. And I just answered an ad on Craigslist to answer the phones for a small tree service. And that led to where we all are now. But I totally believe that if you're at home and you're comfortable, and again, we don't have those rolling calls like a traditional call center, you know, Larry's plumbing, his phone rings 15, 20 times a day, not one minute after the other, every single second. That just doesn't happen in a home service business. So there's time to take a breath and to make sure that all the notes are in your CRM, to make sure that that estimate appointment is scheduled and to make sure that everything's taken care of. We're not only just doing phones, we're doing email, chat, Facebook Messenger, all of that other data, all of the forms from your website. So we're capturing all that information. It's not just phone calls. Um, so in terms of KPIs, we do self-reporting on voicemails, incoming tasks, tasks left undone. Obviously, the phone system gives us all of our metrics on our phone call you know, tracking. Um, but I like to have the employees self-report. I think it's really helpful because they know that we're keeping all that data and we can really see, you know, Sally might be light on phone calls, but she took 50 emails, you know, she processed 60 requests through the, through the website. So I really look at those things a lot differently than a call center would because we're accomplishing so many other types of tasks. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. You actually brought up a really interesting point right before we started filming um, about getting that to the owners before they ask oh, for yeah. it. Yes. And so what will happen is we would have some owners that were very fearful of letting go. And, and it's a very scary thing. I get it. The phone is the lifeline to your business, period, ended. The email is the lifeline, the website, all of these things are the bread and butter that are going to put food on your tables, fam your family's table. So I get it. Um, and so I had a few clients that were like, I need to know exactly how many calls and how long and how this, so we could get the data, obviously, from the phones. Right. But then they were like, well, how many emails and how many of this and how many of that? So I turned the self-reporting KPIs into what was called an end of day report. And so our teams will fill out the end of day report. All of that data will then dump into a Slack channel that only the owner and myself and the team lead sees. It's called the management channel. And you'll, you'll be, it's hysterical to see it because it just populates every day. Boom, 445 every day. And 
they'll go days and not look at it, you know, or not respond to it, not give it a checkbox or a smiley face or anything. But the fact that it's there and they can go back and review the week if they want to in one fell swoop, it keeps them from being nervous because they know that action is happening, right? They can see it happen. And that's really alleviated a lot of fear and concern in our client base. That really helps. When we started, it was very similar. Um, We were already starting to report and, but they wanted things done a certain way or they <clears throat> wanted to hear conversations and so forth. And so um, where other companies are very, oh, you know, we'll send you a spreadsheet or we'll put something together and then it kind of fizzles out. Or even if it's part of their general program, it's compiled lists and someone has to do it or someone has to ship it. And <clears throat> But we did the same thing you did. We, we just said, okay, fine. You want the data? Every day, Here's, fire You get hose. everything. You get everything. <laughs> yeah. And then what yeah. happens is they look at it like for 10 minutes and they go, all right, I totally trust them. And then they just, as long yeah. as they're still getting the data, they don't even look at it. <laughs> and I think having one person delivering the services every day also builds a massive amount of trust very quickly. Um, you know, we encourage our clients to include, include our team members in their weekly team meetings if they have them. Put us in the room, put us out in the truck, put us on the phone, tell us what we can do um, to be part of the team. I have clients that have our team members on their website, like there's their picture. You know, Sally takes care of the office, right? And I'm like, woohoo, like we made the website. Like, and it's great for us because it's solving a pain point that's really big out there. Um, so I love it. They can take, they can take all the credit. I don't mind. We're, we're happy to supply awesome people. That's what we do. Um, who, what vertical markets do you, cause I, you, you do a handful, but give us we a do. list. Um, we started in tree lawn and landscape. Um, we are quickly moving to plumbing and HVAC. Um, and that's just a natural progression. And then we've picked up a lot of window, soft wash, pressure wash, those guys too. Um, we don't have any people in our book of business currently that are doing rug cleaning. And that's one that I would love to you know, know more about. Here you so, go. Yeah, I know. Rug cleaners, I'm in the go right spot. <laughs> I'm in the spot. Carpet cleaners. Rug, uh, yeah. you know, rug, rugs are things that go on the floor, right? Carpets are wall to wall. Carpet so. cleaners. Just, Sorry. Thank you. See? See? Yeah, I you, don't need send to be the taught? you don't send the RX-20 out for your Afghan. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be taught. Um, but any of those services, it's very funny. But like I said in, just a minute ago, the plumber in Florida has a lot in common with the window washer in Colorado. I mean, and those pain points are very similar. And the homeowner doesn't know the technical language. The homeowner doesn't know what kind of truck or what kind of spray or what kind of application. They don't know any of that stuff either. And we're just super empathetic and technically minded to get it, all the notes into your CRM for you and just get you to the door, get you to the front, get you to getting that service done. That's really what we do is just deliver you to that customer. That's our job. So, um, you guys are, are the feedback that we've gotten um, from your service has been pretty incredible. And I don't wow. see, I don't pay attention. I don't sing praise to too many people, but I, you know, I really wow. like what you've done in the company you've built. Um, you. It feels like super agents that someone else did that I don't have to worry about. <laughs> and awesome. what was cool about that is the mobile component made that product as a platform so good that the owners only had to deal with their app on the mobile front. So they're going out and they're doing jobs. They know where they're going. They're submitting their invoices. They're doing, you guys are doing the 
in the phone office up, you know, making sure the campaigns are, are happening, all the notes that are done, everything that they're going to need when they're on the job site or to get to the job site. And then you can automate much of your lead capture process, right? And so if you're doing that in combination with a couple other programs or a couple other systems and you've got lead acquisition, you've got your marketing under control, your client retention is on point. You've got uh, some automation process for lead capture to go to your website, fill out some information or, you know, even an order form or a self-scheduling then uh, and or phone calls come into pink callers or you're handling those confirmation appointments or those follow-ups in that back office activity from this program. And you're on your phone pushing the wand, collecting cash. Like if you want to dial that in, that's the coolest position to be in. Like <laughs> you could make it really easy on yourself. You can, and you don't have to have the training, the overhead, the office space, the computer, the, the support, the love, the anniversary stuff, the flowers for your birth. You don't remember any of that stuff. We'll do all that cool stuff on your behalf. And all you've got to go out is just get out there and slay the dragons, right? Just get out there and kill it. That's what we want for you. Um, and that's what our heart is. That's what our business was built for. Um, and that's what we're here for. So I love that part. <laughs> well, and we have a client too, who when was they were fully dialed in and they were resistant at first to the prices that we were charging. Um, you know, because you have to charge right in order to do this model right. Because it's still, even if you're charging half of what an employee, full-time employee would be, these guys still would freak out about that, 1500 bucks a month. It's like, you know, that, that doesn't make any sense. But notwithstanding, this individual needed it done, and then we did it, and, and they absolutely fell in love with the entire system, the program, the whole nine yards. And what they ended up saying is, Joe, really, I'm purchasing my sanity. That's what it meant to him. And I said, you know, that that really hits home for me. That's a huge. It is. It's absolutely huge. enormous. So. And I love the fact that we kind of do that for both participants. Right. We do that for our team members because they get to be at home. Um, you know, COVID's been really challenging. We got a lot of moms that work with us and we've been able to pivot and keep kids in school and keep kids at home and keep work going. And COVID has made this model not so scary anymore, right? Because our whole society has proven that we can do it. We've got to do it. And there's um, all kinds of new tools popping off too. There's tons. And there's tons. tons like of what we're on right now, Riverside. Shout out to Riverside. Tons. So, oh, cool. Okay. I'm going to take a minute here just for a second because yeah, we love this thing so much because I look for this me. forever. So Riverside is a product and I don't, I don't get in commissions or anything. Sounds like a commercial just because I love these guys. All of the video and audio that's in this podcast is being recorded locally and then streamed up to a server. So Justin can pull down the native audio and video independently for each one of our streams and then assemble them in a program like Adobe Premiere. Um, before, if you use Zoom, what you have to do is cut out the boxes out of a single video stream. And if you're really super cool, like we were, we were using Zencaster at the same time, which was doing individual audio channels. So he had individual audio channels, but he had one barely HD zoom that he had to cut into four pieces minus a whole bunch of fluff around it and then zoom up on those. And so your quality is really low. So Riverside's great. You guys, if you do podcasting or you consider that check it out it's not a meeting platform don't think of it like that um, but if you need to record your individual streaming channels you can certainly do that 
I'm like a thousand percent writing it down for my other side hustle, the Fight Club, which I know we're going to talk about. So it's a wonderful segue. Perfect segue. So um, obviously Michelle and Pink Car- Callers is going to be joining us at the symposium December 10th, 11th to 12th. And, uh, and you, you get on that because we have now have it available. It'll be posted in the show notes. You can go sign up now. If you sign up for the symposium, you can go download Attendify and get into vaccine service monster stuff. You can interact with us. We're going to be inviting speakers to come participate all the way up until the event. And so it's a social platform. It's kind of tucked away from everything. It's hidden. It's not Facebook. You don't have to listen to COVID bullshit anymore. Crazy. Don't get me started. Like <laughs> you can get away from all of that and come hang out with service monster and the speakers and attendees uh, for the symposium. If you get signed up, so follow that. But one of the things that we're going to be doing at the symposium is these coaching sessions. Um, Brandon Vaughn and his team are going to run some. Uh, my team's going to run some. And Michelle is bringing Fight Club. So tell me about Fight Club. Fight Club. Um, Besides one is... of my favorite movies of all time. It's in my top three, Adam. <laughs> I know. Justin, it's my you guys favorite, were wondering too. About I'm that. obsessed. Fight Club's in top obs- three. It's, uh, it's, it is so good. It's in my like top ten. It's not top three, but it's there. Um, Fight Club for Business was a response uh, from myself and three other professionals in the industry. We've got Megan Likes, who owns Bookkeeping Academy Online. She does all kinds of cool stuff with numbers. She's super fun. And I don't know if anybody else knows this, but she was on a national campaign for QuickBooks. Like she was on TV. She's like our most famous friend now. So she's awesome, right? And she's a real numbers magician. She's awesome. We've got Martha Woodward, who does QDS, Quality Driven Software. We talked about that. So she talks about people and culture. Obviously, Megan takes care of our numbers. And then an awesome, awesome young lady named Tay Maroney. And she works in soft wash, pressure wash, window washing with her husband. And they they are just killing it. And so we talk sort of side by side. She had a background in marketing. So we talk about marketing and sales. And then we also love to just kind of peek behind the curtain of she and her husband growing their business. Um, And it's been really fun to watch. And so we started this in April of this year as a response to COVID. We didn't see anybody out there kind of tackling how to push through other than Brandon and Conquer and the folks over there. We just felt like everybody was kind of flailing around and wondering what to do. And we thought, let's just get on and talk about how you can hack marketing and you can help your culture and you can push through your, with your numbers knowledge. And then I bring all the systems and, you know, sort of operational stuff. And so we just sort of talk about that and we have really cool guests on and we do a round Robin. We try to keep it to 30 minutes, but we do tend to gab a little bit. It's kind of hard. 30 minutes. Uh, I know. We're just, we try, we try. We did an hour like all summer. And then in September we were like, we're going to cut it to 30 minutes. And we've been trying, but um, cut it it in post. Yeah, but we're, we're just, we're a very, it's a really group, fun group, a very dynamic group. And we just bring a new, different perspective to these issues. So it's fun. I love it. I love it. And we, we, I'm sorry, we do a Fight Club for Business is live on Facebook every Tuesday. Um, So that's how you can find us. But we are doing our very first retreat. In fact, I'm flying to Colorado on Monday and we're going to have a very small focused doing retreat where we're going to get a lot of things done in those four areas of your business. It's going to be super fun. Very cool. (laughs) Yeah. 
So I kind of had one big question that um, we glazed over a little bit, and I think um, Joe will have some insight on this too. One of the big things that Joe has actually talked to us internally about with super agents was one of the hardest things about it was that there was a lot of turnover because um, it was kind of a high stress job and they were a little bit separated from the rest of the team. And so it was just kind of like by nature. And that's something that the owner operators, like Joe said right at the beginning, they're terrified of that, right? Like when they have to learn how to hire, how to fire, how, you know, how expensive the onboarding process actually is, the training process and so forth. So how do you uh, and your team, because obviously you guys are taking a lot of that burden off, how, how are you guys handling that, like to keep that to a minimum or what have you learned to kind of help with the hiring process? Well, what we've learned is having people at home is a benefit, not having to commute, not having to put your kids in daycare, aftercare, school care, any of that kind of stuff. Um, being, being home makes it possible. Um, to have a really nice lifestyle at an entry-level wage. You know, we, we really work hard to pay our people. Absolutely amazing. I am in Conquer not only as a vendor, but as a student. And my coach is always on me about my numbers. She's like, oh, your payroll's high, your payroll's high, but I just want to squeeze every penny out and give it to my team. Um, so I think that's really important is that as an owner, that's my first focus is to make sure they're, they're here and they stay and that we retain them. Um, but I think the culture is probably the biggest part that we provide that not a lot of other call centers would. Um, and we don't require them to sit under fluorescent lighting, which I, I gotta tell you, I mean, it should be banned from the universe. Okay. So <laughs> there's none of that at home. So I think those things in combination really really do matter. And we really encourage our owners to get to know the person that's on your phones. Like I said, include them in those meetings, get on video with them once a week, tell them they're doing an awesome job. And you know, that, that really does help keep people staying around. So. So the immediate knee jerk reaction to a service provider is I can't take advantage of that because I can't, I, my technicians can't stay at home, but what you may miss out on is you could still virtualize your office if you so chose or through Hell's Valley, of course, you can get someone else to do that for you. And then all the work that Michelle and Pink Callers have done by virtualizing the office and building a culture around virtualization and accountability and making sure people do good when they're working from home, you can have someone else do. And then you can learn from them. Now, because it's typical, if you're not, if you're going to be a $10 million business and you've got six office people in the office, you're going to outgrow um, a company like Pink Collars eventually. And, and for super agents, we wanted to move you along. Like, you know, if you had three or four office people or you were in the position to do that, then we need to go help out these single owner operators back here. We need to oh, help out these mom and pops. So <clears throat> it's a, it's a launching point for you as you transition through that process. So, which to the point of which I'm really interested to see what your HVAC plumbing and electrical looks like since those guys can field a freaking team with one truck because of their average invoice. I think you got to be much scrappier in the cleaning arena in, in order to grow a business because your average invoice is so much lower. It's so true. It's so true. I was talking to somebody about that yesterday. So that's very true. Yeah. So we're, I, I, I've been paying attention to you for a little over a year just because your marketing prowess is so solid. Like what you guys do in the marketing arena. Well, it's, you know, I, I'll put the crown on, but, but it's a low bar, right? It, right. 
I mean, yeah, we're the I kings mean, of digital media in the cleaning industry, and I, we don't even flex. Like, Michael yeah. and I hold shit back because of the <laughs> lead acquisition pipeline right now. We got to make sure yeah. it can be processed without dumping too many people on the floor. So, but you guys do great. The only other company I've seen, uh, John Mapes, my flooring warranty, and they don't, I don't even know if he's running that very much anymore. So, um, you guys did a really good job, you know, when you said we're going to hit pressure washers, window cleaners, um, you just boom popped and then we, you were everywhere because your brand is sticky and everything. So that's yeah, good stuff. Thank you. No, we showed up at the huge convention last year. We knew no one um, except for my, a few friends. Obviously we know uh, Kurt at response a bit. And then Megan was there and Martha was there with QDS. And so we had some vendor friends that were going to be there and they're all like, you got to come to the huge convention. So we packed up and we showed up and I was like, what is this? This is awesome. And I walked up to service monsters booth and I slapped my business card down on the booth, seriously, and I slapped it down. And I was like, I'm Michelle Myers, and we need to know each other. And a young lady who worked with you was super nice. And I completely botched it because I brought my husband's business card. Oh, no. It was the stupidest thing I've ever done. Yes. And so we stood there laughing that I was like so excited to meet her and I botched it with my husband's business card. And so then I, I wrote my name on the back of one of my other cards and she was very sweet. And literally she reached out in two days and that's that when we Annette? decided, yeah, Annette, yeah. yeah, Annette hooked us up and, and said, Hey, you got to be a part of this. You got to come in here. You got to do that. And I was like, yep, yep, yep. Let's do it all. So it was great. So I'm glad I went. <laughs> yeah. Um, pink collars, of course, is in the marketplace. And uh, as we said, they will be at the show. Look for Fight Club and uh, yeah. corresponding event activities. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. I did want to just mention that anybody that works with Service Monster, I do have a landing page. I know the guys will link it to the show notes or however we do it here. Um, and it will give any Service Monster user a discount on our trial period. We charge for our trial period and we give that money right back to you in the first 90 days, but I'm gonna give you guys a 50% off discount on that. So I'm gonna put a magic button and I don't know what it's gonna look like yet. I was thinking about it today. I need to put a magic button on the website. So you'll check out the website, the Service Monster page on our website, click the magic button for that offer and it'll walk you through the process and we'll give you a call and get you onboarded. But we'd love to help out more of your clients. We love your platform. It's intuitive, it's easy, the user interface is nice and clean, and um, our team loves working on it. So we're ready to you, help some more folks. Are you guys using Schedule V1 or V2? I think it's interesting. I think we're using V1 still. Well, Adam, you and I should Get have him. a chat, yeah. Get him. <laughs> Just Get him. And I think it's because of the owner-operator, that's their comfort zone. So it doesn't I think matter. That's what you we're guys following. can see you guys can uh -oh. see V2. They won't, it won't matter to them. Oh, I love it. Okay, yeah. we got we to gotta hook it up, Adam. Yeah, you and we, me. We, we should definitely have a chat. <laughs> uh, okay. But, uh, yeah, no, that's great. And, honestly, that whole experience, I uh, I was just talking to her before the show. Uh, I was one who trained a couple of the team members on their team. It was split between me and, and another member. Um, but their willingness to learn the CRM, not just – the high level stuff like they wanted to know like okay if, if i do this what effect does it have on on the user um you know what does this path lead to it was they wanted to know like they were an owner operator coming in and learning the system and 
You guys won't get that from every virtual office. A lot of them are trying to find the absolute easiest path. Just like, listen, I want to just, just put show in me a, how to book the job. a name, book the a phone job. number, and a time. Yeah, that's all that yeah. they, yeah. they care about. Hey, man, just phone number. number. That's all I want. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just kick the can down the road, and then it's your problem to clean up. And that's just yep. not what we, we do. We want to button it up and get you to the job site. That's the job. Yep. Absolutely. You know? So that's awesome. Very good. <laughs> Thank you for that feedback. That's great. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. You have a great week there, Michelle. And tell everybody at Pink Collars we said hi. Yeah. I sure will. Thanks, thank guys. You. Have right. a great day. Thanks, Michelle. Okay, bye. Thanks so much, Michelle. Bye. <laughs> so, yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed that conversation with Michelle from Pink Collars. I know we certainly did. We love chatting with her all the time. Um, I think we'll segue really quickly just to mention she's going to be at the symposium. And, Joe, why don't you hit us with that symposium information one more time? Again, man, you guys are getting it today. 10th, 11th, and 12th. It's uh, five hours with two-hour after parties. We've got speakers. We've got events. We've got coaches. Then we've got a main stage for each night. I'm going to do a keynote myself. We're going to do a service monster webinar and closing ceremonies with prizes and events. So I would encourage you to check out the link at the bottom. Perfect. Now, on some service monster news, a couple of big things. I know we talked about it last week, guys, on Desktop 652 releases live. We've had a couple of hot fixes go out since. Nothing too crazy, but I did want to ask, we were kind of chatting about this in our podcast meeting. Uh, If any of you guys are listening on YouTube in in particular, um, and you want to leave some comments on the new account overview tab, kind of, you know, what you like about it, maybe be like there's something missing, um, how it's helped maybe your workflow, how the office staff feels about it, anything. Well, we're open to input on that. So go ahead and... And we're super responsive on all platforms, but, you know, if conversation if we want to have a conversation about this and you're not part of smug um whatever platform you're on plug in but i think youtube is where this is predominantly enjoyed if that's the word you want to use um make the comments in the comment area let's have a discussion about that we put a lot of thought and work into it and um we've gotten good feedback i just want more i want and i'm not looking for pats on the back right what we're looking and we're not looking for flaming either what workflow like what worked for you what didn't we need the data we know what you're doing we can we know how you're using the system we need to know the why or the what's missing and we can't get that with the analytics we don't have so please help us participate in that conversation just hit pause jump down there make a little note um what's good what you like what you would wish it had what's the thing that you have to jump to the dang account screen for for that one case that you got to do five or six times a day, you go, Oh, I wish I could talk about it. Talk about it. Put it in. This is a good opportunity for you guys to get your voices heard. Um, you know, we have some power users in smug who chat about a lot. I have some people that I've built, you know, relationships with that have given me valuable input over the years. And so, you know, we, like Joe said, we always want to get that feedback from everyone. And then, you know, obviously extrapolate to as many users as we possibly can. Um, but sometimes if you feel, and never think, you have to jump through hoops to do it. You can't, you don't have to send us an email. You don't have to be part of smug. You don't have to go find us on Facebook. You don't, you're listening, right? So podcast, sorry guys, <laughs> if you're listening on the podcast, you can send an email to support at servicemonster.net attention, Adam, Michael, or Joe, whoever you're directing your uh, comment to, but, and we'll get that certainly get that, but whatever platform you're on, feel free to jump in right there. Uh, and, and make this as frictionless for you as possible to provide us with great Absolutely. feedback. And kind of segueing off of that, like I said at the beginning, we've had a couple of hotfixes go out. And while we could 
push a new kind of what's new image in the 2.0 dashboard, if, or if you guys aren't familiar, or it's on SM5 dashboard as well. But every release note um, on a major release, so like, you know, in this case, 6.5.2, not that the numbers really matter to you guys, I understand that. Um, but every hotfix on top of that will update the release notes and will add the date that they came out, what was fixed, what's new, yada, yada, yada. And so if you guys you know, are following that, you'll always be up to date on what's happening in the software. And Mike will always post that you know, immediately upon release. Um, we have it on the help site immediately as well. So just kind of one of those things, if you guys aren't aware that it's there, those release notes, we update them constantly. So on the mobile side, a little bit more exciting. Um, by the time this is released next week, unless we have something majorly blow up in QA, we'll have a new mobile release out. And this has kind of gone through our tablet journey we kind of talked about on, on the last podcast. This is not the official tablet kind of build, but we did make some kind of updates so that the screen will actually rotate horizontally for those of you who have uh, keyboard attachments. We also had a couple of screens where the keyboard that came up onside the tablet was blocking things that shouldn't be. So we did a little bit of cleanup there. Um, there's going to be a, a, a larger tablet pass coming uh, later down the roadmap here, but there are other odds and ends items. Um, the contacts import is actually ready for this, which we thought it was going to be coming out next release. But uh, if you're a new user and you want to just kind of import the clients from your phone as accounts inside Service Monster, boom, easy peasy. Only has a couple of uh, screens you have to go through, super smooth. Um, so we're definitely excited about that. Um, there are some minor bug fixes, uh, some minor UI things. Uh, we had a couple people in Smug blowing up about the active, uh, I'm sorry, the alert and the reviews. Because some companies use the reviews um, in particular to like, you know, hey, the office needs to review this. Or the alert to be like, hey, this is a VIP customer. You need to know it's a VIP customer. But we didn't have any of that in the UI on mobile. And so that's a small thing that Ethan added in. Um, there's just some other things, you know, make sure you guys check out the release notes. We're actually going to be updating the mobile release notes on the help site as well. I'm sure some of you guys have realized on the app store, you are severely limited. I'm pretty sure it's 500 characters. Um, and so there, there's only so much you can put in there, right? It might be a thousand, but it's definitely not enough for full release notes. So we'll also be posting the mobile release notes on um, the help site. So just get used to going there and you guys will be up to date. Yeah, so just put, putting a pin on that, the build that you guys should have just got essentially is mo what we call tablet-friendly and landscape-friendly. So you can get to buttons and you can get the screens and nothing's obfuscated, obscure, or looks too too poor. It's functional. But there is a build that we will be working on uh, with a, an estimate builder or an inspection workflow. Um, and we're going to be doing something special for the schedule in that, uh, with that real estate as well. So know that that's coming down the pipe and, uh, it's long overdue. I get it. Especially for you guys who are like, Oh, thank goodness. But Hey, you should have like, I get it. I agree. It's resource management. So, um, so no, we're super excited, uh, by the progress that Ethan has made. We thought we're, we're going to be here just in the next couple of days. Um, we're way ahead of schedule. So hoorah, right? That's, that's going great. Yeah. Yeah. And the last piece of notes, the last piece of information to note, uh, 
there is a new cleaning podcast episode with uh, Brandon Vaughn as a guest. Joe and Brandon kind of talk about setting yourself up for success. They have some interesting conversations about uh, homeschooling and continuing your education, um, some KPIs. Uh, they talk about some really interesting kind of things that not all of you guys might be aware of. Um, so highly recommend you watch it. I was not forced to watch it. Trust me, Joe did not you know, sit me down at gunpoint. Adam's been a cheerleader <laughs> for that podcast. He was halfway into it and he's like blowing up workplace media and I'm like, all right, cool. And like, he's every time we're on the phone, he's like that, that was a really good pot. That was like, sweet. It, I got to figure was. out what the hell made that so good. Brandon's <laughs> a great guy. Really good. Great information. You, yeah, and he is. So I encourage all of you guys, all of you listeners to kind of go check yep. that out. Totally. That was fun. Now, for Entre Joe this week, I know we didn't have it on the last podcast, um, which, by the way, I hope everyone you know enjoyed our little kind of sidestep uh, last time around talking about... All 40, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but Entre Joe this week was something we actually was posted probably about a month or so ago. We've kind of had it queued up for a while. Um, and I'll just read it off here. As a service business in 1996, if you were not in the Yellow Pages, then you didn't exist. By 2004, the Yellow Pages were all but irrelevant. As a service business in 2016, if you didn't have a website, you were in trouble. Search engine optimization was where the leads were found. As a service business in 2026, websites will be irrelevant. Social presence will be the lifeblood of most businesses. And if you're absent, you won't be taken seriously. So why don't you kind of explain that, Joe? Um, I mean, on its surface, it's pretty self-explanatory. Like, there's no new businesses using Yellow Pages to advertise. Your business has to be adaptive. If Covent hasn't pointed that out to you, then uh, you missed a big lesson there. Um, you were somehow immune to all that, which, congratulations, I guess. Um, but if you've gone on the introspection journey a little bit and say, was I adaptive enough? Uh, even as someone who speaks about it all the time, I wasn't adaptive enough pre-COVID. And man, there's a, been a whole bunch of cool new stuff that's happened as a result of us having to um, change our model. So marketing, if you find something that works, man, write it. Uh, I'm not going to tell you different, right? Someone today is listening to us and yellow pages are still bringing the bacon and the ROI is positive and they don't get nearly as much good spend on other marketing platforms because they're in a bubble stuck in 1965. Do it, do it, get a full page ad. Like if it makes sense, do it. I will always say, do what is working for you. Do what's right. But we all know yellow page is the brunt of every flipping lame ass speaker joke that they can muster. So, um, it's antiquated. All right, so some of you guys didn't really fully adopt what web meant. You might have a brochure site, you might have some leads, you might even have paid, you know, Fiddlebug to throw a form on there or Responsibid to throw a form on there or like whoever else. But did you really build it into your system? Did you hook it up to Zapier? Are you pressing into Elixir? Like, are you doing like crazy things playing with that, like with content and blogs and are you managing micro content? You're distributing across all channels. Like, did you really get the most out of your website or has it just been sitting over there and you haven't even updated it in six months or a year or you pay somebody and they just do some bullshit stuff because you're paying them for SEO is really what it means because you're trying lead acquisition and 
You, you see what I'm saying? Are you usually, are, did your business grow into this? Did it adopt it internally? And is it doing well on its own? Um, because I'll continue to push it until it's actually irrelevant. But being absent on social media now is almost like you still using the yellow pages in 2010, in 2000. They're still relevant and you still need to be found. But if people find you missing in another area, like social media, then they're going to really scratch their head for a second. If they are able to find a service provider on the social platform of their liking, where they know they should be able to find social platforms, right? A user on Reddit shouldn't expect to try to find a carpet cleaner unless they're doing a poll with a bunch of people and they have some clout, right? Who's the best carpet cleaner in Wisconsin? (laughs) That's very specific. But on Facebook, that's totally a thing. So if you're not present on Facebook and they do a search and your competitor is going to get all that love because they're going to search for carpet cleaner or what they're going to do is they'll go to their local board. They'll go to their local group, Whatcom County here, and they'll, they'll say, Hey, no good carpet cleaner. And then the people who know they can link their page typically are going to win out, link the page, they link the website and you're good to go. And a lot of people will then creep on your platform on, on your pages on those platforms. So they'll go creep on your Facebook page. And if it's like not filled out and you know, you were there one time and you put one picture in and you never really logged in again, you're not even really sure if you remember the password. Um, they're not going to use you. It's going to look shady. It's going to be weird. You don't have to look corporate. So this is the misconception that, Oh, in order to do certain things, I have to look a certain way. I have to have a certain presence or image. And I just, I'm like, I working out of my van from my home. Like, how can I represent? You don't have to represent corporate. And really people are bucking corporate media advertising hard. Like it's in significant disfavor. No one wants to sit through a commercial. They'll definitely though, listen to their favorite people and listen to them talk about things that they do. Or they'll listen to their friends talk about a service that they should get. So being present on all those platforms means that you can be found and that you're legitimately participating in your community and that you're participating in the communities on their platforms. And so that's demonstrating you have some empathy as far as what's going on in the general community. And that makes you more trustworthy. That makes you more relatable. That makes you more likable. And it makes you more likely that they'll then go to your website and fill out a form and then act on it. So it's all about adaptation. It's all about seeing the big picture. Are you moving in the right direction? Is your business evolving? And are you getting the most out of those tools that you have access to if you feel like you could be getting more out of your business? Because if the answer to that question is no, then you could be getting more out of your business. Same thing with how you handle procedures, same thing with how you handle your CRM data, same thing how you handle your books. If you're not getting the most out of those tools, you cannot expect to get the most out of your business. Well said. Boom. That was awesome. I think the really interesting thing about that too, just about adaptation in general, is um, 
with your point about commercials has completely hit, hit home with me. It's not necessarily something that a lot of you guys, you know, were putting TV ads or things like that on. Some of you larger um, companies, I'm sure, did in some of the, the bigger markets. But, I mean, most people younger than me don't even know what a commercial is. They're just like, you guys used to, like, race to the bathroom and to watch commercials during your cartoons? Like, well, that's not a thing. Um, oh, and, and everybody knows the iconic commercials, Where's the yep. Beef? Right. I mean, there's like there's certain things we because there was so little. If you think about the amount of content that's being created and consumed. Back when I grew up, when I before remotes came out, I had to go up and change the channel. There was like four channels. Not, you know, this, is, this is the brunt of a lot of people's yeah. joke, but that's this is how young I am. Um, my first video game console was uh, an Atari 2400 which nice. was before no sorry um not as an odyssey it was the first one ever it was before the atari 2600 um and and it was crazy my grandfather gave it to me because i won technically won the lottery it's a very interesting story but that that's for another day um but this is how old i am so seeing you know these four channels the amount of content they could push out even if you take four times 24 it, that's a tangible amount of content. Like that's really fits in your head. It's not that big of a deal. Um, the amount of, I probably in a very weird way, consume more content than that. <laughs> I mean, just, just by sheer like production, you're flipping through TikTok, bang, 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 bang. Every 60 seconds, every 15 seconds, you're looking at a full production, right? Cause a lot of these creators don't play. It may be silly stuff in their bedroom, but some of this stuff's quality is freaking ridiculous. YouTubers, same thing. These guys are creating seven to 10 minute video clips. Super creative, super the way that they put things together and the way like when they find a platform, they find a home with the creators on that platform now are producing better content than 1980s television. Oh, yeah. And that's just facts. And so, so it's crazy. It's again, it's back to those gatekeepers from last conversation. Right? It's just going to get worse, mm-hmm. or but worse is not the right word. It's just going to get more and more, you know, out to the public, individualized. individualized. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. When you're yeah. creating content for mass scale people, no one cares about it. It doesn't. No one cares about it. And if it's all about you, holy shit, do you not care about it? Right. So. You, you need to dial in with that general mentality. So. Yeah. Very cool. Well, guys, we got, we got a couple of smug posts, then we'll, we'll, we'll call it a day. Um, first one was from Kim. She was asking if there was a way to download all open estimates for one account at the same time. It's this one just long PDF. Um, and they had, I think, 10 estimates uh, all for this one account. And while we don't directly um, support that, Joe brought up um, in response that the new account overview, one of the things that we added to it, the power behind it, is that you have all your open orders right there. Um, And there is a quick action little button there, allows you to print, allows you to copy the order schedule, a new appointment, yada, yada, yada. Go there, check it out. But what's nice about it is if you were in this scenario, you could just go down the list, print, 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 print. Yeah, it's not as convenient as one big button, but you could print 10 items in about 15 seconds. So, Yeah, it's 20 clicks, right? But it's all on the same page with no load time. That's really what it comes down to. So yeah. clickety, click, click, click. 
and you get all the stuff you so want. really just wanted to and none of the stuff you don't <laughs> want because <laughs> if because you know what it is it's not like we as technologists we'll be like we'll build it and you'll download all 20 invoices and they're like oh but there's two i really don't want yep. in there Oh, so what do you do? Open it up, temporarily change the status and the way to get it off the list, then go back, then hit that magic print button. I already got you beat. 20 clicks, one page, no reload time. Click, 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 click. Absolutely. And the last one was from was from Toby. I forgot to check this morning. I don't think he's got any responses Toby. yet, so maybe we'll give him some help. Um, but he, I'll check here. he uh, was shouting out to the service sponsor squad, which I guess is, is us. Um, but... Uh, he's looking to expand his knowledge of workflow specifically on the marketing side. Um, and he asked the um, smug group, does anyone have any zaps or if you guys aren't familiar, zap your zaps or what they call the uh, trigger events and so forth to go out to the various connected software. Um, but uh, having of those connected to outside marketing tools or other third party marketing processes, I'd love to hear about them. So first and foremost, if any of you guys have any of that set up, please go respond to Toby. It's one of the things we like most about Smug is you guys, you know, collaborating with each other and finding really great workflows that work. Uh, but Joe, what are some things that uh, maybe we could offer Toby just to kind of chat about to give him some ideas uh, that might help? I mean, Zapier's infinite, <laughs> right? So because mm-hmm. we we give you a handful of triggers and um, a handful of actions. So you can risk creating trigger events like when an activity or uh, an account is created or when an appointment is created or when an order is created or when an order is updated. So you can then interrogate it to see what the order type is or you can then uh, see if it's an invoice that has a balance due. And then you you can then route that to one of a thousand or ten thousand different places the thing is, is that service providers are too busy running their businesses to go do exploratory surgery on things like what Zapier can do for their business. We even have problems here at that in Service Monster, especially at the state we're in right now. We could be getting more out of our CRM. I know there's areas that we could be really, you know, doing some cool things um, mm-hmm. and just we just don't have the resources to explore that. So I think people get stuck in that. And of course, while I'm saying this out loud, I'm like, Michael, we need to make a blog post that talks about maybe the top that's, 10 ways. That's so you funny. Should that's literally exactly I know you what guys I wrote in the, the notes same here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was thinking like, I, I saw this post and I was like, man, that's something that I would, I find really interesting is like, how, how are people actually out there using Zapier with service monsters? So anyone listening to this, let me know, please. And I will share it with uh, everyone else because I think that's really cool to be able to like share that that knowledge because I don't know what um, a, a, an everyday service business owner is is using Zapier for necessarily, um, but we know. I mean, I use it for a ton of stuff internally with Service Monster, so I can yeah, only imagine that there's a ton you can yeah. do. I know. Yeah. I can even upgrade our plan because we're using more and more Zaps. It's so good. It's so good. And yep. you're talking. I mean, I used to architect giant systems like Oracle and Goldmine to to do post synchronization after hours after all the field reps came in and checked in all their data and it's a, it's a nightmare and only the people who are like super stoked about computer geeky computer stuff are assigned those tasks and then we all are on the whiteboard for like 5 weeks and then we all want to shoot each other not because we don't not like what we're saying or we're arguing just because we're all going crazy and we think everybody is out to get us 
uh, just complete insanity, especially when you got multiple triggers happening and then rollover events and cascading. It's, and then you got to figure out the original source. It's nuts. I'm going off the rails here because I've had post-traumatic, not to make light of post-traumatic stress, but, <laughs> but seriously, it was the worst part of my whole career is dealing with data synchronization. Zapier solved that shit with web API. And I'm just mad that as an engineer who used to build systems for other engineers, I didn't start that company because that's the way easier company and way more money, way better. But they did it right. And I love it. I love what they did. And they yep. made it easy for non-engineer. I mean, it'll sound all scary now, but they made it really easy for non-engineers to click their way through it. Now, I say that. And then you're going to go there and you're going to be like, it's not easy. And you're going to close the brow. Don't push through it. It's not that bad once you kind of get the basics. They have, they have help, help resources so too. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's not stuff. bad. And they try to walk you through yeah. it. And they make vendors like us jump through a lot of hoops in describing what we're providing yes. to you so that you mm-hmm. understand uh, and they can present it to you in a way that's easy. So you can say, what do you want to happen? Well, when what? When an account is created. Okay, what do you want to do? Well, then I want to send an email. Where? Uh, to me, through this system. Okay, then what? Uh, I guess I want to take that account information. I should send it to my accountant or my accounting package or anywhere like my my email, automated email system. And then when that email comes into that automated email system, it sends them a welcome email to the platform of the network or like whatever you're creating as a service provider to open up communication pipeline. Maybe you start a drip there and then after it gets in the service model, so you're tagging, working on tags to then trigger other VIP campaigns, which you'll send out. And it, you see where I'm going? It's crazy. You can automate your whole business. You can have whole marketing departments and all you'll have to worry about is content creation, which is, you know, deceptively difficult, granted. But once you get everything else hooked up, man, distribution, workflows, drips, they'll happen automatically. Mm-hmm. Also, guys, this is something we'll be building more into. Um, but if you guys want us to build more faster, then we need to get more people signed up because the faster more we get faster. out, faster, more faster. Uh, but once, you, once we get That's out fast. of a beta then we're able to do some other really cool things when we're on the full platform. So how many mm-hmm. more do we need? Uh, roughly, I think 15 or 20. 15 or yeah. 20. So we need 20 of ser- you service monster users listening to this, go and sign up for Zapier and check out the new blog post that Michael and I will be whipping up here in a couple of weeks and get connected because you have to stay connected in order to actually meet the number. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we'll give you some good ways to do that. And if you've been contemplating this and you know you need to do it, then we'll, we'll help you through the process. Maybe we should even dedicate the next podcast to interesting ways to hook up Zapier. Yeah. Also, yeah. it's free to start, guys. You don't have to worry about anything crazy. You get X amount of zaps for free. So you can zaps. you can trial it out. And I mean... Oh, and this gives an, a very interesting plug and segue to why you would want to have control over your own SMTP services using in service monster because if you have control over your own smtp services and you can use something like zapier and hook up to those same smtp services and send emails from both systems that can pick, go through your pinch point into the single smtp service you are using yep get get off my platform <laughs> <laughs> and with that lovely statement to close it out uh that's all i got for you joe very good thank you so much everybody for your attention hey participate discussion time at the bottom do you like the uh 
you like the new order screen um what are your thoughts on symposium do you want in go ahead and click that link check out pink collars thank you so much to michelle and thank you everyone out there stay safe and we'll see you next time bye everyone